as a part of our whole thing on beginnings. I do think in the 21st century where we've gotten so Twitterfied, Facebooked, Instagrammed to bits, we are so inundated with celebrity that sometimes we overlay that into our spiritual life and we can start acting like the more famous a person is, the more powerful that uh, is the, the ministry they may have. And that's often the case, by the way. I'm certainly not suggesting anything is wrong with that. However, I think what becomes a problem is when we miss what the Holy Spirit wants to give each one of us through other believers in our life. The Bible never ever says, you know, that it's all got to come from the platform. But other believers, we're a part of a community together. And so this has been in the planning for a while. Uh, Pastor Hayden Glass said, you know, you're interviewing all the guest ministries that come, you know, Marcus Ardern, Mark Edwards, uh, you know, Pastor Danny Guglielmucci, Pastor Fakri and Mary Hannah from Egypt. You've interviewed all them. He said, but I think we ought to interview some of the people in our own world. He said, like you, for instance. And I said, well, I think rather than interview me, I'd like to see you interview some people that are a part of our church family. I believe that the Holy Spirit can use people that maybe aren't quite so prominent. But, you know, God wants to use them to speak to your life and to mine. I believe everyone's significant. I really do. I believe you matter to God, and I believe you're significant in the things of God. So I want you to welcome tonight Pastor Hayden Glass and Brother Fal Morley Paula. Morley Paula. What is it again? Paula. Morley Paula. Because, yeah, they, they told me that in Samoan, I've been swearing for ages without meaning to because I've been calling him a different name. And they said, that's a rude one. Uh, and also, none other than the fabulous uni student herself, Lizzie Schofield, as she is. Come on up. God bless you both. I believe the Holy Spirit's going to use you guys tonight to bless all of us. Give them all a big hand. Here they are. Awesome. Let's give the guys a hand. Welcome them. How are you, church? This is good. Great to have you here. Great to have you guys here as well. Let's pretend they're not there. All right? And we'll just have a chat and we'll just talk about some stuff. Cool? You all good? Did you have a good day? Yep. Yeah? Did you get a nap? No. No? No. Nana naps are awesome. No, but I need one. I had one today. It was so good. I needed one. That was all good. Great. Hey, I thought um, we kind of start this off by getting to know these guys. Like, obviously, we see Fo a little bit on the on the platform and speaking and doing what he's doing with in discipleship with our new Christians. And Lizzie's joined the team, but um, kind of I thought it'd be cool to kind of get to know them a little bit and and start it off by that. So, um, what's your favourite movie, Lizzie? Yeah, that's a good question. I have so many favourite movies, okay. but right now I'm super into like the really old kind of dramas. So okay. I'm I'm super into like Pride and Prejudice and oh. Sense and Sensibility. All Look those. at you, super old. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Come on, ladies. <laughs> Fall. Along the same vein, The Sound of Music. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Wow. Can okay. quote it backwards. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Sound of Music. Oh yeah. All, All right. <clears throat> Why don't you finish this sentence? You can go first. When I grow up, I want to be... Fireman. A fireman? Fireman, yeah. I've always wanted to be a fireman. Really? Yep. It's never too late, man. Nah. You've got the guns for it. <laughs> <laughs> Lizzie? 
I mean, I wanted to be so many things. Yeah. I wanted to be in the army once. Okay. Um, but I'm, I, I want to be a teacher, so I'm starting to be a teacher. Great. Awesome. We're going to hear about that a little bit later. What was the last book you read? Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> <laughs> your theme, Sound of Music? Uh, I think it was Leviticus. Leviticus, okay. <laughs> so holy. So holy. Uh, I think it was Isolating Insecurity. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Deep. Standard coffee order at a cafe? Latte. Latte? Small flat white. Small flat white. I'm a flat white as well, if anyone's wondering. <laughs> Which hospital were you born in? Bluff Medical Centre. Oh. New Zealand. Okay. Lizzie, do you remember? Somewhere in Mount Lawley. Yep, getting a nod from the back, St. Anne's, (laughs) formerly known as St. Anne's. Okay, I like this one. When you're in the car, what song causes you to dance when it comes on the radio or on your iPod or? Anything with a beat I can't think right now. All right. Lizzie? You know that song that's like, what a feeling? Yep. Yep, great. That's mine. But like yep. the, the one in the eighties. Okay. I'd yeah, see, so I'm. To that. So like, oh yeah. My, mine's also an old song. Yeah. <laughs> Winnie Houston, I want to dance with somebody. Yeah, <laughs> yep, that's right. MJ, mate. Yep. If you could be any animal in the world, what do you think you'd be, Lizzie? A puppy. A puppy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a dolphin. A dolphin. Okay. <laughs> animal, you know. Yep. <laughs> yeah. They're they're an animal. Yeah, it's not a unicorn, like they exist, so it's all good. What was the last gift you gave someone? Do you remember? A photo frame. Oh, was your photo in there or their photo? It was a random photo. Okay. Um, I found it somewhere and was like, yeah, this would be a good gift. Cool, very good. <laughs> I think it was work boots. Work boots, yeah. okay, yeah. very cool. If you had to describe the colour yellow hmm. to a blind person, what would you say? Warmth. Warmth? Yeah. Yeah. I avoid the colour yellow. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't go well with my skin tones, so... Okay. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, if you had to get rid of one state in Australia, which one would it be and why? Because New Zealand is not that far, I'd probably say Tasmania can tag on to New Zealand. Okay. We can just bless them? Yeah, bless them. Yep, 10% just can go. Yep. (laughs) Cool. I reckon, like all of them, we could be one big state together. Oh! <laughs> and she's also going for world peace. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, um, for why don't you kind of kick it off a little bit? Just tell us a little bit. Like we see you up here quite a bit, and we kind of we've heard little bits of your story. But um, just, why don't you just tell everyone like who you are? Who are you? What do you do? Like, yeah, who am I? Um... Well, I am who you say I am, as the song says. <laughs> um, yeah, my name is Fowl. I was born in New Zealand. Uh, my parents are Samoan. Come from a big Samoan family. Uh, 54 first cousins. That's, that's just on my dad's side. So, um, <laughs> yeah, honestly. So, uh, raised up in New Zealand. I um, had a great childhood. Um, then we moved over here 30 years ago, um, just before the church started, actually. In '88, I, I finished off year 11 and 12 here, so now you know my age. Um, yeah, um, I came to the Lord when I was 19, and then my life changed pretty crazy. But during my teenage years, early 20s, it got a bit crazy. It's kind of 
bit of a rebellious time, as you do for some of us. And, yeah, kind of got mixed up in the wrong crowd or became part of that crowd. And uh, I'm still friends with a lot of, the, a lot of that crowd. But, um, yeah, how, how much do you want me to go into that? Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Awesome. What about you, Lizzie? Why don't you tell us about a little bit about uni and I think you lived for a little while in the UK as well. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, tell us a little bit about who you are. Um, so, my name is Lizzie. Uh, I am a uni student. I'm starting to be a teacher. Um, primary I, primary uh, or secondary? Secondary. Great. Majoring in human biology. Who loves human biology? <laughs> like no one except Ruby. <laughs> I got you, girl. Um, <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah, so um, I lived in England for about six years. Um, and uh, that was mostly a move because of like work opportunities for dad. Um, and it was a pretty cool experience because we got to do lots of traveling and stuff. Um, and you know, I, I think I think it was always a great opportunity to be able to go somewhere to somewhere like England and live there and being in, in, in a different culture. But I've always found Australia is like my home. It's where my family is. Um, and being here has been great. You know, so many doors have opened up for me. Um, you know, I'm a youth leader. Um, obviously, I'm playing in youth band and on church band and all that. So, yeah, it's awesome. You're a legend. You're doing lots of great stuff. Hey, Revelations 12 says, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And so, Lizzie, why don't you tell us a little bit about your testimony about, you know, for want of a better term, how you became a Christian and kind of, yeah, what was that like for you? Um, so I, I was raised in a Christian home, so um, I believe that God actually gave me a spiritual maturity for, even from when I was super young. Like, I always was aware of, of you know, the spiritual stuff, and I was aware of it, but I, I guess, you know, in terms of, you know, my, my actual developmental capacity, I had no idea what I was talking about in my brain or whatever. I was often a lot in my own kind of world. Um, and so I think, you know, God... He revealed himself to me a number of times when, because I, be, I believe that he always wanted me to stay on this path. And um, I believe that, you know, I remember um, when we were visiting family in Wales, I think it was around when I was eight, um, we were in this, uh, this church and they were singing hymns and it, 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 there were just lots and lots of elderly people. Um, and I think Mitch and I were like the youngest kids there. Like we, I don't even think there were kids there. And honestly, I didn't really understand what was happening. And then I saw my mum raising her hands and like singing the hymns. So I thought, hey, I might as well do that. That sounds like a good thing to do. If mum does it, it's, you know, cool. So, um, yeah. Um, and I did that and I closed my eyes and uh, I actually received a vision of Jesus um, and I saw like this light and um, this being, I didn't really see his face or anything, so I can't tell you what he looks like, but um, it was amazing. Um, and, and that kind of took away my doubt. But then I think a lot of my uh, story has been a lot of kind, of kind of doubt, kind of where do I belong? You know, this heavenly father, is he my father? Am I a child of God kind of thing? Um, and the turning point, I think, was when I went to a nation's conference once we came back from England. Um, and, uh, it was my first nations conference ever. My first, well, my first conference ever. Like I didn't even know that you had youth conferences and you know, they were like, Hey, who wants to be a Christian? And I was like, you know what? That sounds like a good idea. 
Um, so I lifted my hand. And I wouldn't say it was like suddenly the Holy Spirit washed over me or anything. I just think, like, I just picked up my baggage, threw it at Jesus, and then just continued walking my life, but walked it in a way that he wanted me to. And wow. so, yeah, so it, it, it's a bit different because lots of people, they, they like, and I know that a lot of their testimonies are like, and the Holy Spirit, you know, filled me. I, I, just, I just simply was like, yep, this is, what, this is what I'm doing now. So, yeah. So good. So good. A few things in that, like, you know, she watched her mom lift her hands. Never underestimate the, the example that you're setting in church and what it means for you to be here um, and for how you engage and how you lean in for the people that are watching you. You never know who's in the crowd. You never know the lives that, and the stories of what they're going through and you watch that for such a young person and the impact that it's had on their life um, right up until now. So it's amazing. Hey, thanks for sharing that. That's really cool. What a great story, hey? Really cool. What about you, mister? Yep. Tell us a little bit about your, how it all began for you. How it all began. I was, um, being a Samoan family, it was quite traditional for us to go to church. So um, going to church, we would have um, like a traditional church service. And there was one time when I was eight, my brother was nine, um, that I really believe, I think it was the, um, the pastors of the um, Christian Outreach Centre. They did an outreach in Invercargill in New Zealand back in the late 70s. And, um, yeah, we went along, and my mum, pretty much when they did the altar call, forced us to go, you know. As every Samoan mum would graciously encourage their sons <laughs> against their will to go, to go up on stage. And it was like, hey, boy, get up there. And I was like, no, 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 no. And then, so I wrote my older brother, take your brother up, up to the stage. We're up on the stage and the pastor was coming along and people were just falling over, dropping over, didn't know what was going on. And the line was getting closer to us and my brother said, hey, the man's coming, just lie down, just lie down. So we did. We just, we just laid down and he's going, oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. When he came to us, really fiery preacher, and he just laid his hand on us and just, just prayed. I don't know. Yep. We got up, went to the back, and we got a whole bunch of comics. And these comics, I reckon, were really good seeds for my salvation because they introduced me to Jesus in that way. But that was when I was eight and nine. But I know for sure that I gave my heart when I was 19, willingly. And that was right here in Perth, um, August the 4th, 1991. I'm one of those guys that know the exact date. And it was actually um, Brian Houston. He was preaching at Rama Family Church back then. He had the ponytail, the, the goatee and all that. And I thought this guy was cool just because of that. And the way, I don't know, I can't remember what he preached. But when he preached, I just knew, put my hand up. I jumped two rows to come down to the front. Raise your hands and all that. I didn't know what that was. This lady put her hand on my shoulder and just out of instinct and it, season of my life at that time I just went like that because I didn't know you know people pray pray for you and all that and then it gave my heart to the Lord went to the back the new Christian pastor um, said to me that God is going to use you to reach your family and reach your friends and your culture as well and at that time I didn't know that he was actually prophesying and I was going how do you know that when's when is that going to happen but then when I left the church that night, because um, they had a, 
Jackson's Gospel Choir come there or something. We're going home and then something just tangibly fountained in my spirit. There was such a, a welling up that all I could say to one of my cousins and his girlfriend at the time was, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. And I just repeated that all the way back to Langford where we lived. And I was going, nothing else matters. I had this surge of energy that I couldn't contain it. That when I got home, I had to do sprints from Langford Ave where we lived all the way to Nicholson Road and back. I just, I just couldn't contain this presence. And I was just f- physically just jumping up and down, trying to get rid of this energy, which I know now is the Holy Spirit. But, yeah, a lot of things have happened and... You know, and my life has never been the same, just like you guys as well. Yeah, and yeah, like Pastor Jeff said earlier, I was in church my whole life up to 19, but I wasn't in Christ. And there's a huge difference. And I just praise God for these opportunities that were given to us as a family to, be, um, to receive Christ. Yeah. yeah. You kind of touched on before that you kind of, life took a bit of a turn and you were hanging out with the wrong people. So since being saved and since that time when you were 19, what do you think has changed the most in your life? I think um, for me, definitely a purpose. I didn't really have a sense of purpose at that time. It was just the weekends and doing all that, that kind of thing. But yeah, definitely purpose has changed. Having the eternal um, significance on life, um, big time. I know that I'm not here just because I'm... Because of mum and dad, I'm here for a bigger picture. Yeah, purpose. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, Lizzie, you kind of mentioned before about um, that night at that conference where you kind of felt like you gave all your baggage and and all that over to Jesus. But what do you what do you know about the Christian life now? That was a few years ago, and I'm not sure. How, do, you, do you remember when that? How old you were when that happened? When you were yeah, at the conference? Yeah, I think I was like 12, 13. 12? Okay. Yeah. Because then I remember, I'm pretty sure you were about 16 or 17 when you got water baptised. Uh, actually, no. No, okay. Wait, hold up. That was wrong. I was 11. I yeah. was 13 when I got water okay. baptised. Yeah, because yeah. it was the day before school was starting, wasn't yeah, it? It was yeah, the beginning yeah. of the year and yeah. I, had, I was in the tank with yeah, you. And, yeah. yeah. So what do you, what do you know now, like you, you're 19 and, or 18 and, and you know, you've had a few years now. What do you know now about the Christian journey that has really kept you on track, I guess? Um, I think knowing that I belong and definitely having a church where I belong. Yeah. So a lot of, you know, a lot of people become Christians and then they kind of church surf and that kind of thing. But I've always found that this was my home and this was my family. And, you know, especially going to youth, youth was, became my family. It, it was such an inviting, you know, area to be in, environment to be in, sorry. And, um, and I think just, you know, establishing yourself with people that, that bring you up and that speak into your life and that aren't going to try and tear you down um, and, you know, just pressing forward, just just always kind of, you know, there's always going to be temptations, there's always going to be things that are going to go wrong, but knowing that, you know, looking back at the times that God has been so evident in your life and just and just knowing that he is your father and you are his child and there's, like, nothing that can separate that love and his love is unconditional. And I've learned that all through, you know through this church really just being involved in this church has opened up doors for me you know going into you know other conferences and other things and learning from people and and, even learning guitar you know a lot of the stuff that I've learned 
you know, on guitar, I've, um, I've actually picked up from other people watching other people at this church, you know. So just, you know, having that family and, and belonging somewhere can speak into your life in so many other ways. Yeah. So, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So, for you're sitting here, however old you are now, but you were this age, that Friday night or whatever night it was at Riverview when you heard Brian Houston. What, do you, what about now? What do you know now that you wish you knew when you were a teenager? Yeah, um, definitely, again, going back to purpose. Yeah. I wish I knew that at an early age and, and kind of pursued that. Um, I wish I knew... Um, well, I kind of can't say wish I knew because at 19, that's when, it, you know, when I did get saved. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah definitely purpose. Is, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Lizzie, you're sitting here as an 18-year-old now. But um, the next generation is here that's kind of, you know, showing you that longevity and things like that. And, you know, we've, we've joked about the older people that might be in the room that also enjoy sense and sensibility and, and all those things. What do you wish that the next generation knew about young people? Um, so, you know, I was talking with you the other day, um, you know, you, you're talking about how sometimes the youth get a pretty bad rep. Um, and that's totally true. Because a lot, a lot of the time, you know, it's like, oh, kids, oh, kids, you know, they're, they're getting into drugs and all sorts of things. And I think um, definitely one thing that we should be doing is encouraging and strengthening kids Great. in the church and saying this is the place for you, giving them a place to belong, and also just bringing up their lives and, and putting positive words into them and like, letting them just give it a go. Just give it a gander. Like, yeah. if my parents never let me, you know, you know, oh, don't pray that. That's stupid. Why would you pray that? You know, or something like that. You know, I, I, I don't know where I'd be. But luckily, they gave me the opportunity to just, you know, experiment and just kind of, you know, with, within my faith and yeah. to experience God and encounter Him. And they always, you know, um, they, they brought me up that, you know, with, with the, the ideas that, you know, that there's, there is a spiritual realm and, you know, there, every day there's a spiritual battle and just really promoting, um, you know, that kind of stuff and making sure that kids understand and, you know, know about this stuff because a lot of the time people kind of go, oh, don't tell them about the spiritual realm. Like, they'll get too spooky or whatever, you know, but it's like just tell them. Just tell them all about it. Tell them the truth. Just yeah. let them experience it for themselves. Let wow. them just experience God in as, in as many ways as they can, yeah. Yeah. Wow, amazing, amazing. So you're sitting here as, you know, the journey that you've had with both with your person, your family's faith, but also your personal journey. What if there was someone here tonight who wasn't a Christian? What would you say to them? Give it a gander. <laughs> Definitely. Because like, the thing is, you can try so many other things, yep. but the problem is, with those other things is that they, they're going to let you fall, but God never does. He will always catch you, no matter what you're feeling, no matter if you're feeling like you're going to fall or if you're feeling like you're going to break. He's always going to put the pieces back together like he's always there to back you up. And that's the difference between this faith and other, and other different you know, things of the world is that you know, being a Christian doesn't just mean that you are a Christian and that's your label. It means you have a relationship with God. Wow. And that relationship can never be taken away. It's, it's a choice. It's always a choice. You can always opt out if you want, you know. But 
why would you do that when you've always got someone to back you up, always got God there for you, like every single day of your life? Wow. That is awesome. That's amazing. That is so good. That deserves a round of applause, I think. That's very good. You're right. Such a level of maturity there. Fo, what do you think stops people from becoming a Christian? It could be a lot of things. It could be doubt. It could be unbelief. Um, it could be people don't like to be challenged. Um, no, there's a scripture, 1 Samuel 16, 7, talks about um, that man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And often we, we focus on the second half, which says God looks at the heart, which is true. But it is true that man looks on the outward appearance. So in saying that, People need Christianity to be seen. People need something to see. We've heard so many sermons. Unbelievers have heard sermon upon sermons as well. But they need to see the fruit. God is all about developing fruit. And, you know, I think it was, is it, um, preach the gospel at all times, but use words only if you need to. You know, just, you know, we've heard that one many times, but it implies that our actions our fruit is, um, is what needs to be seen, you know. And uh, we had a, a men's ministry called Kings, and our saying was, um, let the unseen, which is God, be the most seen in our lives that is unseen. And it's talking about that people need to see our Christianity. You know, you could be, I've worked in a lot of factories and warehouses and things like that, and sometimes people don't know that I'm a Christian, but they recognise seemingly little things like, I notice that guy doesn't swear, or that guy doesn't do what we do, or he doesn't want to go where, where we go. And then it comes to a point where those particular people would actually come to you, you know, when, when, the, when the road gets rough. And they'll come to you because they see something that they want, but they don't really know what it is. And it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. So all that to say that I reckon because they don't really see you know, there's a lot, but people need to seed the church. You know, yeah. need to see us, see the fruit. Yeah, we do. There's lots of um, there's lots of conversation about discipleship and mm. you know the next step and what happens. You know, we've obviously got the yes text, which we'll talk about in a moment, which really is taking the decision to discipleship. It's yeah. really kind of bridging that gap that's in there. But you know, what is for our church? What does discipleship actually look like? Ah. Uh, like you got the yes text, but yeah. like you run some small groups and yeah, discipleship is. Uh, I heard Pastor Jeff say one morning it's fellowship, and I love yeah. that. And the fellowship with fellowship, and trying to develop a life under His Lordship as an act of worship, which is our lifestyle. So all that to say is that discipleship is is, is love. If there was a next stage in discipleship, it's cultivating that love that people know, not only see the love, but they feel the love, that they know it's real. And, you know, people got to know that it's, you know, love, acceptance, and like you said, Liz, a place where you felt um, uh, belonged, you know. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, love and connection is big. And I love how we do it with uh, Marty and Thor, with the, the youth and, and Luke and Nikki, with the young adults and the creative arts and all the different connection points within the church. It's so vital because one of the biggest tools that the enemy uses, even within the church trying to, is isolation. And when there's isolation, it's, you can get to a pretty difficult spot. 
So in terms of discipleship, it's very important to cultivate their love and connection. Yep. So kind of like church becomes a love connection in, in, in the good way, you know? Yep. To, awesome. Yeah. Without love, without connecting, they were not really being, beginning their journey of following with Jesus. Yep. Yeah. Great. Amazing. Any last comments, Liz, before you wrap up? Um, I just want to come back to that whole purpose thing. Like, that is so important because I find that you can't really find a proper purpose outside of a relationship with God because with a relationship with God, you know, he opens doors and he shows you your purpose. And, you know, God is a tangible thing. You know, he's not, like, just up in the sky. Like, his presence is tangible. You can feel him and you can talk to him and you can ask him for things and he's he's in other people's lives and you know as you said you know you can see him in in other people's lives and you know just making sure that that he is seen in your life and that you do reach out and in touch that and grab onto it and hold onto it like it's your last you know, you know string or whatever so yeah amazing Fol, any last words good eagles <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to us. <laughs> We've heard two pretty great stories about people's beginnings and kind of what it looks like for them. And I'm sure that across this room that there's lots of those stories about beginnings and those moments. But maybe for you, you haven't actually had that beginning yet. You haven't actually had that, time, that opportunity to, to pray that prayer or actually start that journey. And after conversations like this, it will be a miss of me not to to give you an opportunity and pray with you about that. And so if I could just have every head bowed and every eye closed right now. And, you know, if, you, if you've listened to Lizzie and Fell's story tonight and kind of gone, yeah, okay, that doesn't sound so scary or how do I get some of that? How do I start that journey? Then I would love to pray with you. Um, Jesus isn't a crutch. Um, it's not this magic wand that's going to come into your life and make it all better. It's like Lizzie said, it's a relationship. Um, and as someone to walk with you and talk with you and encourage you and give you that purpose. And if you'd like to pray that prayer tonight, then um, I would love to pray with you. And if you just lift your hand so that I know who I'm praying with. Um, and so we can actually introduce you to Jesus and actually see you start that great journey of faith and start that great journey of discipleship and falling in love, not just with Jesus, but falling in love with yourself in a good way and knowing that you're wonderfully made and you're, you're made for a purpose and that there's a divine reason that you're on this planet. Is there anyone like that tonight? Then let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this church. God, we thank you for Lizzie and Fo. We thank you for their stories, God. But while their stories are great, Father, we're so excited about their future. We're so excited about their next, Father God, and what that's going to look like. And even for the people that are here tonight, we thank you for who they are, God, and they're in their daily lives. And I just ask a, a blessing over them in Jesus' name that you continue to pour out your spirit over their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Before these guys go and sit down, and Pastor Jeff's going to come back up in just a moment. I mentioned the yes text before, and, you know, it really is taking that decision um, and starting it and taking it to discipleship. And it's not better than lifting your hand. It's just another way uh, that you can respond to the gospel. And so you can send a text. All you need to say is yes, um, and just send it to 0488 826 392. And for the next 30 days, 
um, every morning at 7am you'll get a scripture and a prayer uh, to pray and it's really simple and it's just starting that journey of reading the Bible and praying and teaching you how to pray um, and what it means to read the Bible every single day and, and then after that there's options to kind of continue that if you'd like to or you can just finish that at the 30 days and, and that's awesome. We will never write to you um, or text you and ask you for money. Uh, this is not about us, this is about you connecting with Jesus um, and so feel free to send that. We've had over 160 people send a yes text um, that we being able to disciple, which is amazing. Um, and it's just being able to use technology that's now available in 2018 to actually see people start their journey. So 0488-826-392 if you'd like to um, find a different way of doing discipleship. If you'd like a more traditional way, then make sure you speak to Foe after the service. He's willing to answer any questions that you have. Um, there's a great DVD called What Now that Pastor Jess produced that asks a lot of the questions about what that next step uh, looks like as well. So we'd love to start that journey with you um, and see you take those next steps for Jesus and have a great beginning that goes into a great future. Amen. Amen. Well, I think these guys deserve a massive round of applause. You can take your seats. Thank you so much for being a part of tonight and for your honesty and sharing your stories. Why don't we welcome back our single leader, Pastor Jeff Woodward. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Lizzie. That was really fantastic and great to hear from you and Foe, of course, as well. Thank you for just opening up your heart. I love listening to other people's stories. That's one of the reasons why at the end of all the evening services, we have uh, like supper, you know, where I think we're coming into nacho month. Uh, but at the moment, it's uh, super duper gourmet biscuit time. Uh, so they're going to be there. And the reason we do that is because we think that it ought not just to be about listening to somebody preach. That's great. Uh, but it ought to be taking time to be able to connect with somebody else. And uh, so Lizzie and Foe, if you've, I, I've got about a million questions. I want to get up and go, yeah, but what about, and can I ask them this, and what about that? But I decided I wouldn't. I'd let uh, Hayden just do all the work there tonight. How beautiful. How beautiful. Can we thank them again? Thank Lizzie and Foe and Pastor Hayden. How great. Well, we're going to stand and just worship one more time. Then, as I mentioned, there's coffee, tea, Milo. And they tell me there's like gourmet cake things. I asked what they were and they said, well, you know, they're kind of like this new thing and they're out. So they're going to be back there. Of course, it's all free. I pray this week, you know, particularly if you're somebody who wrote someone's name up on here. Or maybe you're thinking about somebody that you wish you could have been there to write their name up. Why don't you ask God to give you an opportunity this week? I loved what foe said about making Jesus visible. I read in the Australian newspaper this week that uh, Bill Hayden, the former Governor General of Australia, head of the Labor Party, at one stage he was the foremost humanist. That means someone who said there is no God. He was the number one atheist in our nation. And the week before last, he got baptised. When the reporter started trying to, you could kind of read it, they're a bit like, well, you know, is this just because you're old and it's fire insurance or whatever? He said, no, you don't understand. He said, I've come to a deep faith and a deep confidence that the Bible is true and that God is who God says He is. 
But then he added this on. I loved it because you alluded to it. He said, he said, over all the years I've watched Christians do things that nobody else would do. He said, it always made me wonder, what on earth is it about Christians that gets them to help the poor and the broken and the needy so powerfully? And he said, it always stayed in the back of my mind. I thought there's got to be a reason for it. So thank you for all that you are doing, trying to make a difference. Thank you for all the times you step out of your comfort zone and be a blessing to somebody else. Come on. Where are you, Dr. Rivy? You ready? Ready. Lead us in worship. Come on, we're going to sing it through. Just love God before we go.